shall we begin? This is Jackie Smith, and you are listening to Keep It Magic Radio with myself and my co-host Storm Sestivani. Spend a little time with us in the next hour to charge up your week, find new approaches to the same old issues, and smile at the ridiculousness of life. Storm and I push the spiritual status quo, and we challenge you to step outside of your comfort zone to help you take your magic to the next level. Keep It Magic Radio is sponsored by Coventry Creations, where no matter what your problem, money, love, protection, maybe a bit of motivation, we have a candle for that. Now open your mind and get ready to expand your life with Storm and Jackie. Welcome, everybody, to Keep It Magic. I'm Storm Sestavani, and I am here, of course, with the beautiful, glamorous, talented, sophisticated. I've seen this crazy picture that you put up yesterday on Facebook of a woman with purple hair and this big, huge, gigantic liquor cup, Jackie, <laughs> that said that this was going to be you in 30 years, but with orange hair. Now, is the drink going to be purple? The drink's going to be orange. Oh, okay. <laughs> the drink's going to be match. orange. <laughs> I have to match. Anyways, you can cruise on over to keepitmagic.com, our website. And um, just a reminder um, to everybody about Season 6, Jackie and I do not plan this show anymore. Okay, we've done this so long we don't even have a plan for it. Um, so, you know, basically whatever comes up, comes up. So we really have no structure, you know, anymore. You know, it's just whatever comes up, comes up. Um, speaking of which, Jackie. Yes. And I want to get to the witches, the new Witches Union products in a moment. I have a new fetish. Do, is it safe? Is it a safe fetish? Yeah. Is it yeah. safe to talk about it? Okay, go yeah. ahead. Um, you know how I love pens and paper. It's like my thing. Uh-huh. I now have ventured off into the world of the Japanese, and I got Japanese um, notebooks to write in uh-huh. and Japanese pens. And I will tell you, this is like the best writing experience that I have ever had in my entire life, okay? Period. I had something, I swallowed something the wrong way there. Um, <laughs> so it's my being so excited, I'm swallowing my own spit that's now salivating over these notebooks. Um, anyways, Jackie, they're so cool. The paper is very, very high quality, and it is so soft, you could rest on them. Okay, you could, like, take a nap on the piece of paper. It's that soft. They should make pillow sheets with this. Um, and um, it's the paper is thick. And um, the notebook, when you open it up, Jackie, it's, the, the thing that impressed me the most, by the way, was the um, presentation of the particular product. And this comes in a box that is kind of like a cardboard box. Mm-hmm. And this, is, this notebook sits in the middle. And over the top of it, before you get to the mat, the the uh, the notebook, it has several layers of thin like cardboard on top of it. So it's like this crazy packaging, which I was just like, oh my god! And each page of this notebook smells like mint. Okay, now. How, now, where them, did you find these? Um, on on Amazon, I was uh, needing some retail therapy, so I got myself some uh, some what's, note. What's uh, the what's the brand? It's called Nemesine. The reason I liked it is it's the name of the memory goddess. Okay, so I was just like, oh, that's an excuse on, on its own for me to buy it. <laughs> you know, now I'm looking it up because um, you know I'm and, and there's no bleed through. No bleed through. Period. Wait, how do you spell it again? Um, M N, as in Nancy. 
E, M as in Mary, O as in Oliver, S as in Sam, Y as in Yellow, N as in Nancy, E, Nemesine, um, uh, products. Now, they have several ones. Uh, this particular notebook here is the 7-millimeter one, um, or 7-mm. I guess that stands for millimeters. I don't know. Yeah. Um, anyways, the uh, – now – in order to have the full experience of that, you also have to get Japanese pens. <laughs> <laughs> Same Which, brand? No, this is called High Tech, H-I-T-E-C. Okay. And you can get these in multiple colors. And, you know, the reason why that this is important to me is that I can't start writing anything, Jackie, on a computer. I just can't. Mm-hmm. Um, I've tried to do it, and it, like, sucks up every form of creative creativity out of me, and I just can't do it, okay? So I have different size notebooks, and, you know, this can, you know, people can do this magically as well, have different kinds of notebooks that they use in regards to um, uh, uh, working on a project. I will start, Jackie, with a legal pad, uh-huh. and I will jot down my particular ideas. You can jot down... What kind? What do you need to do to, to craft a spell? Um, what what results are you looking for? Okay, um, so let's you and I can do an example right now. Let's say that um, uh, uh, you need prosperity. Okay, so you can write down on the top of your legal pad prosperity, and this is just the way. Now, you remember Jackie taught me how to do magic. Um, uh, I know a lot of Kabbalistic magic in addition to her. You know her. You know in regards to transformative magic. So I would start down with the word prosperity at the top of the page, Jackie, and I would even at that particular point, even go to to Webster, and write down what the word means. And also, I may go in to look up where did the word come from, and what did the original word mean. Oh, you get the whole all the etymology on that. Mm. I am very thorough at what I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then basically I would look at what does the word prosperity mean to me? Um, and my new why question is why do I care? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I sit down and I, you know, you know, here is the thing, Jackie. People write sales pages all day to sell their products. Why don't they write sales pages to run and govern their lives? I mean, the or processes in regards to governing their lives. So I will start with prosperity, and I will write down all of these things. Okay, then I will look at what is it that I really want out of this. Do I really want more money? What is it that I am? What is money bringing to me? Um, and uh, you know, this is where you get down into the nitty gritty. Um, uh, you know, um, I need to pay bills. Um, I want to feel comfortable, I want to feel secure, I want to feel stable, I need the money to buy me, you know, a new car that isn't a Hyundai, Um, you know, uh, and why do you need a car that isn't a Hyundai? Oh, you know, because I want to feel good about what I've achieved. You have to look at all of these particular reasons, because oftentimes, Jackie, I don't know about you, but I will start with one idea, and then really what I end up doing magic with is something totally else. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's so, how it works. Yep. So I will start with that on the legal page, on the legal pad. Okay. Now, or I will start a, a blog post writing down huge, big, gigantic, arching ideas, and then little bits of sub information under it. Then what I do is I take um, those ideas and I go to one of these types of notebooks. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then I begin to drop down, 
you know, the important bullet points that I got from that into one of these particular types of, of, uh, of notebooks. Then what I will do, Jackie, is then go to what are the ingredients that I need to make this particular spell. Um, in this case, say, for example, um, it changed from really prosperity to I need to um, feel better about myself, okay? Um, then I, what I will do is an REM, okay, remove, which would be um, – probably an uncrossing or a reversible candle, okay? Um, then I will do the energize, which is basically, you know, what it is that I want to um, have happen, which in this case would probably be stability and self-esteem. You know, that's what I'm wanting to anchor within the spell, okay? What is the stability and the self-esteem going to get me, okay? Then it may be either a happiness candle or a, um, uh, uh, you know, um, um, you know, a little bit more of the touchy-feely candles. Um, so I might go to uh, some stuff in regard to the affirmation line, or it may be um, wishing mojo from Dorothy's line, or it may even be afterwards a road opener um, if what I'm wanting to do is to feel more comfortable about myself in order to open particular doors for me or things, you know, of that nature. Or I want to feel... Um, good about myself in order to, um, uh, you know, have more customers. Then it would be moving from that to queer and color. Here is another crazy thing that I did, Jackie, with amazing results. Okay, I took my. I'm about to read. I'm about to give you all a major spell. Pause the thing now and get your piece of paper. <laughs> this is good stuff. Okay, now you back with your paper. Okay. Jackie, I took my database, and anybody that I had not talked to in two years, mm -hmm. I printed out the entire database, okay? Um, I sprayed it with some Wicked Good Spray, the road opener. Okay. I put it underneath uh, a candle holder and lit Waking the Dead on top of it. Ooh, that's a good one. Those old customers started flying out of the woodwork. They were all coming back to me. They were all contacting me. Um, you know, one today uh, 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 wrote to me and asked me if they could schedule, you know, that they were listening to Keep It Magic over the weekend and wanted to know if they could schedule a consultation with me. You can look at all of these particular candles and spells and all of the things that you have in a very broad sort of way. I think that in, re in, in regards to sitting down and looking at what you want, then you can look at it. Then what I do, Jackie, is this. I have another notebook besides this. Okay. What I will do then is that I will take these and create go-to spells. So, for example, if I have good results out of this, which I journal, by the way, you know, the results and what's happened and stuff like that. If I have those good results, what I will do is then take this and copy it over into a spell processing book, okay, in which I have a lot of spells that I use down to what the petition said and everything in regards to kind of, of uh, yeah, my book of shadows. Um, I call it the book of light, basically, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> um, uh, and, and and move it over there. And then when I am looking for something, Jackie, because, you know, oftentimes I, and I, you probably do the same thing. You did a kick-ass spell three years ago. You haven't had to do it since then. And now you're going, what the hell was that spell? You know? <laughs> I don't remember when it was, and I know that I put something weird in it, but I don't remember what it was, and it worked so well. This allows me to keep track of basically what works and what doesn't, and I also do that in regards to blog articles. I will write down, you know, basically what 
you know, type of traffic I got from it. Were people interested in it? Were they sharing it a lot? You know, all of that, all of that type of stuff, so that I can start to see and really get a, a clue of uh, of who my customers are and what it is that they're interested in regards to their life. Because here was the thing: we're jaded. And we want to look at things in this very well-rounded sort of way. In other words, if I'm writing it, it must be important. No. Because here is the secret. Nobody wants to buy you stuff. Nobody. (laughs) Not a single person on the planet wants to buy you stuff. What it is that people want is that they want to, to achieve some form of universal result, which are happiness, relationships, um, security, all of these things. And it's about achieving that. And you can, you can break that down into, everything in your life pretty much. Now, the cool thing, Jackie, is that don't you have journals now on the Witches Union product? I do. Tell me about them. Well, our our journals are, um, <clears throat> they're hundred and some pages. I forgot off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, 120, something like that. And they're lined, and they feel like, um, they're black, and they feel like black tourmaline. Mm-hmm. You know how tourmaline's got the um, those striations? Yeah, yeah. Um, or like a black selenite, it feels like that, so it feels really good. And Can I order a sample? Oh, it's already on its way, oh, okay, okay, It's okay. on its way, baby. <laughs> and actually, the paper's pretty good. Um, I picked this one because there was less bleed-through on this page. It's a little bit thicker than, than your average journal. Yeah. There's less bleed-through on this page than other, other journals I've had. And I, like you, I get very particular about my journals. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, for a long time I was using the Luch turns, and um, now I've got my my Witches Union journal going. I think that they're important. Well, I bullet journal, um, and you know what that is. We've yeah. talked about that before. Yeah. yeah. So, so I I do um, something a little bit similar, but I do it for for everything, for um, all all my stuff that I'm doing. I don't do a spell work like that, but I do do. Um, I, I do put in there just different spells that I've that I've cast, um, but I love your thoroughness on that. That's awesome. You, you know, here is the thing: I have all of my um, research, and, and this is the crazy thing: I have all of my research material going back 25 years, Jackie. Oh, I've got that too. Yeah, in composition notebooks. That's adorable. Which, you know, I have a fetish for, and you send them to me on occasions when you find cute ones. <laughs> um, but I have the little itty-bitty tiny ones, which I use. I take, you sent me, uh, I believe, like 10 little tiny um, mm-hmm. composition notebooks for my birthday one year. Because they're really cute, yeah. Yeah, I have uh, my little carry-with-me bag mm-hmm. um, uh, that I bring everywhere, okay? Um, and I have one of those in there. Because, girl, here is the thing. When you're standing in line in the grocery store, the ideas will hit you. Yes, they will. And, you know, that's way more fun than just playing Candy Crush. Yeah. You know, so I will whip out that memo pad and scribble, you know, whatever thoughts that I have on it. And then what I do is I have those, and I have a big, huge, like, in a cookie jar, Jackie. Um, when I get done, a glass one that's on um, the, sh- the shelf behind me, when I get done with those little ideas in the memo book, I'll just jot them down. I don't even really even go back really and look at them. But... What I will do then is that take them and I put them in that little jar. And then occasionally what I will do if I'm needing an idea, I will go in there and pull out one of those little pads and start looking at what it is that I wrote down. And that will become an epic blog, by the way. It's mm-hmm. always My big, huge epic blog posts always come in that sort of way. That's fun. 
yeah, it is a lot of fun. And I think that in regards to using this with, uh, with, with magic, especially, especially transformative magic, mm-hmm. the more that you get into the guts, the more you use colors, the more that you use pens, um, I think that the, the most magical wand on the planet is an ink pen. Yeah, we've done a class, we've yeah. done a did a show on the ink yeah. magic, and boy, that's I do it all the time. Yeah, and, and it doesn't you don't even ink magic is not even manifesting something, something you you just um, with your colored pens or pencil you know pens specifically, um, <clears throat> just scribble, just doodle. Yeah, and you change your thought process, you change your change your energy, and it can be extremely. Um, uh, uh, relaxing as well when you're working with um, that type of, mm-hmm. of, of transformative um, type of magic from getting a person from point A to point B. The particular, whenever I do a magical spell, Jackie, if it is for me to achieve point A, I'm not really interested. Um, you know, I would just sit there and say, Ugh. the idea. And of course, I know a lot. A lot of clients, you know, need a lot of uh, financial assistance. Mm-hmm. For me, just writing, you know, doing a fast cash spell um, is almost repulsive. Okay. Now, if I sat down and did a um, fast cash spell, but I journaled out all of the reasons why I needed this, and then looked at what the underlying issues are, then I can get into it. But if I can't get into the meat, if I can't get into the bottom of the bowl of, or, or, or the the, uh, the pot of stew, mm-hmm. I don't want to do it. I love a good journal and a good pen. Actually, I sent you a pen for the holidays. Yeah, you did. Um, and, you know, I love, uh, again, it's got to be good paper, so I'm going to have to check those out. Um, but that's how the Witches Union products came about. Now talk to me about them. So um, in this month we're launching our Witches Union products. And I have a coffee mug that says Powering Up, and I have a journal. I call it my um, Book of Witchy Thoughts, which is perfect for what you were just talking about. I have a box of matches, and um, it has 50 to 60 matches, um, candle-sized matches, so they're the longer ones. And yeah. then I also have a set of six, sew-on patches. I call them my Magical Adept series. Mm-hmm. And these patches are, I mean, I love my coffee mug. I'm, I'm with, it's with me all the time. I have a couple. I rotate them, so I always have one of them with me. Yeah. Um, I have my journal that I carry with me all the time. The matches are just perfect. I mean, what's not, to, I mean, perfect. Now, these patches, though, they're something completely different. These came about because I wanted to do a patch with the Witches Union logo on it and um, put it on my jacket. Actually, I want to put it on my hat. I have a beret that I'm going to put it on like a like a freaking warrior. Um, and and then I had this idea to make a um, a series of five five because of the five points of the pen um, that were like witch scouts, like like you had achieved something in your magical world. And as I was developing them, and these, again, all written in my journal as I'm having different ideas come about and and letting them flesh out by physically writing because it accesses a different part of your brain than typing. Mm-hmm. And um, I have five patches that are all spells. Each patch is its own spell. Mm-hmm. So if you, when you get it, and there's a little ritual on the packaging that you can charge up your patch before you put it on your thing. Mm-hmm. Imagine this, Storm a healing spell patch 
that you could put on your gym bag mm-hmm. or your coat or your pouch of herbs or you could put it, you know, wherever. How about a protection patch that once you charge it up and do the spell that you put it on whatever needs protecting. You could put it in your car. You yeah. could put it on your purse. Um that's the um protection one. Then there's the um the hive magic. What you know that I my philosophy is it takes two people to do a spell. Mm-hmm. The hive magic is is helping you find your hive or your tribe. Um the people that you're that are going to help facilitate your magic or the people you just want to hang out with. Yeah. Um then there's the um the uh crown of glory. You know I had a crown of glory patch, which is that that really powering up your personal power, that strength. Imagine that glued or sewn on your um on your notebook that you go to meetings with. Yeah. Or just inside it. And then the last one is the um compass. It's the divine guidance. It's oh, that would be great on uh you know, my day to day journaling stuff. So. Exactly. So all of them are spells. Oh, that's fascinating. How isn't that fun? Yeah. And um and that's just the beginning. Of course, you know, now I'm gonna make a sash and put them all on, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> but there I I love everyone loves the journals and loves the mugs. We we tested them out um in February and even before then. And then um, folks love the matches. That's something that I had to wait a long time to get because, you know, they don't make matches in the U.S. anymore. They don't? Nope. There are no U.S. match manufacturers. And I thought I got a U.S. match manufacturer, and then he was like, well, it's 12 weeks for delivery. And I'm like, you're not making them here, are you? And uh, nope. They're all, most of them are made in India. Now, why is that? Because we, te- we tend to use the fire wands now. Maybe. <laughs> I just think that well, match books. Match books are made here, but just just um, stick matches. Yeah. A very. I, I was not able to find a U.S. match manufacturer that did private label. Oh my God. Mhm. I searched long and hard. You know, I really try and and do as much here as I can. Yeah. Um, and the matches are very. They're great. They have black tips. They work really well. And um. It's just been, uh, you know, journaling that whole process, doing something very similar. I have an idea. What's my purpose for this, and where does this take me? Yeah. Um, I love doing that. It's so much fun. I have to, you know, I have to start in, I cannot start anything on a Word document. Now, I know a lot of people that can, and all the power to them. They can just open up words and word and start typing. Um, uh, I can absolutely cannot do it. Um, uh, you know, I have to sit in and and you know even sales pages, Jackie. I have to sit down with a legal pad and start constructing them on with with pen and paper. Um, of course, you know, ultimately I transport everything to uh, to a, a computer, but. Um, uh, you know, I have to start in that very, very organic sort of way. Otherwise, it really just doesn't have any meaning to me. Mm. Well, there there are people who feel the need, the the have that big need to write the whole thing uh, in pen and ink. I don't mind. I I do ideas. I mm-hmm. jot my ideas down. I love my bullet journal because I love the 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 sensation of writing. 
Yes, me too. Um, because I, I'm this, the drawing thing didn't go really well for me, so I <laughs> I write. Um, and um, the I just love that I love that sensation. So what's fun is um, I like to when I have different ideas, jot them down, even when I'm I'm when I'm problem solving most specifically. Also, Jackie, I can't do a um, a chart reading without pen and paper. Um, you know, because I start with, of course, with the chart in front of me, and I know usually, you know, I will ask the client, you know, um, what the issues are that they need to discuss, and then, you know, of course, I know what I'm dealing with in regards to the chart. But you know, I will start with a char- a chart, and then in the the middle of the the circle, in 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 the middle. I will put down like a theme that I see that's emerging with what's going on now. That's all that I have written in front of me before the client calls. Now, what happens is is that during the particular course of the particular reading, the theme will come to life. But the theme will come to life in regards to how this is being enacted in the individual play of the person. Hmm. Um, and then there it goes. But, you know, after I get done, I have – three pages of a legal pad that I have scribbled on the whole time. Yeah. You know, because it may even be, while I'm talking to you and, and, and giving a consultation, it may be one word that you say that stands out at me. I do radio shows the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have, when we get done with the radio shows, I've started with a blank piece of paper, and by the time we get done, let's see, how many do I have now? One, two, three, four, five, six right now written of, uh, you know, that I have scribbled on through the, through the whole thing. Um, now, after I write up the, the copy for it, for um, our, our, our blurb for the show, then I, of course, throw all these away. But, you know, it, will be, it, it just allows me to trigger my mind to drive the particular show in whatever direction we want to. So I'm just obsessed with pen and paper. I mean, I need, like, I need like a, a rehab. <laughs> oh, I might have a new obsession that I need your guidance on. I don't know if it's going to be a new obsession, but I'm just really fascinated by. Okay. Um, I was went to the planetarium in Chicago. My husband and I decided to take a day trip, so we took a five-hour train ride to Chicago and went to the planetarium with my sister. And I have not not my Patty sister, but my Becky sister. Um, and uh, it was great. I I um, watched a movie on the planet Eris. Our mm-hmm. new ninth planet, because Pluto's not a planet. They did explain that a little bit more to me. Um, I understood understood more why Pluto is now not a planet. Um, but it was fun. It was just something totally different. But I'm completely fascinated by this planet Eris and that we really can't see it. We can only see it every now and again, and mm-hmm. um, and that it's completely white. Mm-hmm. It's just absolutely fascinating to me. Now, is Eris in, used in astrology now? She was discovered in 2005. Um, actually, she was discovered in 2003. They didn't name her until 2005. Originally, she was going to be named Xena, um, after Xena the warrior princess. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting that the actress that plays um, uh, Xena, Lucy Lawless, mm-hmm. Um, Aries is currently in the sign of Aries, and she has six planets in Aries. So it's interesting, uh, that that situation. Now, here is the deal. Okay. 
let's go to mythology for a moment. Okay. Do you know who Eris is in mythology? Remind me, because you know you're the master and I'm the student. Okay. There was this nice little situation that happened many, many, many years ago, um, and which really didn't happen, but it's a story. Um, there was a goddess um, named Setis that um, was um, – she was kind of wearing the cologne of the day and, or the perfume of the day, and all the boys wanted her. Um, and Zeus went to an oracle – and asked about, um, you know, the current events that were going on in his godly life. And the oracle told him that if she was to have a um, child um, from another god, that the child would be, would overthrow the Olympians. So, of course, Zeus wanting to hold on to his power like every man wants to hold on to his power. Mm-hmm. You know, says, oh, no, this can't happen. And he marries Thetis off to a mortal. And they have this big, huge, gigantic wedding. And during this particular wedding, um, uh, and you have to think there, think there for just a second, a little bit philosophical, so let's pause for just a second, okay? Okay. So now you have a woman that no longer has a choice about who she wants to marry. She can't marry a god. She can't marry somebody of her own status. She doesn't have a choice. Um, you know, she is was the goddess of the seas. Um, uh, you know, she wasn't able to express, express her emotions and feelings about anything. And um, she's now stuck marrying this mortal um, in this very politically arranged marriage because a bunch of men are afraid. Okay. Now, cut to, let's go back to the story. So they're holding this big, huge, gigantic wedding, and um, all of the gods and the gods were invited except for one, the goddess of discord, Eris. Ah. So Eris busts into the room in this very dramatic way, and she's holding a golden apple, and she throws the golden apple down the down the. Uh, uh, the table, and it rolls in front of three goddesses, Hera, Athena, and Aphrodite. And all three of them grab the apple at the same time. And um, Zeus, who, of course, you know, um, has to be involved in everything, decides that he's going to transport these three goddesses down to Earth and have a beauty contest. <laughs> so, again, what are we beginning to see? The objectification of women, the objectification of, um, uh, you know, now he goes and he gets this, you know, let's say 18 to 21 year old boy, okay, um, to decide um, uh, who is the fairest of them all, okay? So his name is Paris, by the way. Um, and Paris, you know, is, is teleported up to the beauty contest um, because he's the most fair individual on the planet. And uh, uh, the, he, the three goddesses are able to make their case to him. And um, Hera offered him mastery of the universe. Athena offered him prowess and strategy and warfare. And Aphrodite just dropped her panties. <laughs> and Paris, of course, being an 18 to 21-year-old boy who was filled with testosterone, 
Um, and uh, Aphrodite promises him um, that he, you know, he would be involved with the most beautiful woman in the world. So he picks Aphrodite, okay, um, because you know, you know what we all value at 18. Um, and uh, off he is transported and falls madly in love with Helen of Troy, who is married. <laughs> and it starts the Trojan War. Um, and uh, Aris is just a small part of this big, huge, gigantic myth that is the, called the Judgment of Paris. Um, and uh, in the horoscope, um, we haven't known about her for a long time. It is very interesting that um, during the election cycle, and still are, by the way, Uranus and Aris are conjunct in Aries. Um Eris, I think, has a lot to do with, if, if you now want to look at this astrologically, she's now the furthest thing that we have in the, out there, okay? Mm -hmm. She's considered a dwarf planet right now, as is Pluto. Um, and, you know, there's even still arguing and bickering over what they are, whether they should be planets or not planets. Mm -hmm. And Eris is the reason why Pluto got demoted. Um, Pluto, as you know, has to do with all of that stuff in the underworld, um, all of these unconscious emotions and feelings and survival and um, needing to continue and have continuity, okay? Aris, and this is just what I suspect, okay? There's a couple of things I think with her. If you want to look at her in your horoscope, I think that she's where the curse is in your chart. Interesting. I also think that Aris's purpose is to bring forth some form of balance. And oftentimes, in order to bring balance... You have to bring discord first. You have to bring an enormous amount of discord first, okay? And we see that in, in the... Uh, when you look at the sign of Aries that she's in at the moment, it's all me, 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 me. Aries is not concerned about anything else. It's I will... Um, it, it, it has to do with um, uh, uh, individual freedoms and uh, my rights as being a person on this particular planet with my own focus and my own agenda. It really doesn't have anything to do outside of that. Others don't get there until we deal with um, cancer, which is the family, if you go around the signs. Mm -hmm. And then... Um, uh, you know, Libra, which has to do with relationships, okay? So Aris, being a goddess of discord, being in the sign of Aries, has really brought forth all of this, um, all of these particular issues of what is the discord that is created when I'm focused on myself. And at the same time, that's the only thing that I can be at the moment. Hmm. It takes her 100 years to move through the sign of Aries. And it takes her, interestingly enough, 13 years to go through the sign of Leo. Now, because she has an elliptical weird orbit, mm -hmm. okay? Um, uh, you know, there's times in which she's so far away that it takes her 100 years to go through that sign, which is Aries. She's so close to the sun in Leo that it takes her 13 years to go through. It's either 13 or 18 years, um, one or the other, to go through that particular sign, okay? But it's really quick at that particular point. I have a question for you. Sure. So they named it Eris and, and the goddess of discord, et cetera. Mm -hmm. What if they named it Xena? Would it change her meaning in your chart? Um, I think that there is an interesting synchronicity that happens when the planets, especially the outer ones, have been named. For example, 
when Uranus was discovered in the 1700s, okay, um, it was discovered at the time of the French and the American revolutions. And Uranus has to do a lot with breaking free, okay? Um, it has a lot to do with uh, that very tower, shocking moment of everything kind of falls apart, okay? And when Uranus goes through the charts, and, it, and if it's negatively angled, everything that you have built that, that is an extremely structured, um, you think all of the rules are in place, and, you know, this is just the way that it is. Uranus will come across, and if you, if you have no wiggle room, Jackie, to, to make small changes to change the structure as needed, Uranus will blow apart the, whatever you have as the structure, okay? Uh -huh. uh, whether that, that be a career, whether that, that be a business, whether that, that be a relationship, um, depending on what planets that Uranus starts activating, it will blow it apart, okay? Um, uh, Neptune was discovered in the 1800s. Okay. Um, Neptune, interestingly, uh, uh, was discovered during um, the beginning of psychology and the occult revival. Okay. Okay, of the, of the late 1800s, moving into the 19th century, or into the 20th century. Yeah, so the 19th century, the 20th century. Neptune, of course, we talked about it a lot during the last show, is extremely glamorous and has to do with movements. Um, it has to do with fashion, the film industry, music, um, uh, any, everything that we associate with glamour, Neptune is kind of involved with. And in fact, there is a high price, I think, that we, play for the, we pay for the glamour. Pluto was discovered in the, the 20th century, um, and he was discovered right around the time of the first atomic explosion at Hiroshima. Oh, interesting. Okay. okay. Cut two, Eris was discovered in 2005, okay? And she was discovered at a particular point in which political discord had reached its height and is still climbing. Um, uh, so she seemed to come in at a particular point in which, um, uh, you, you know, this need to merge together opposites, um, which is what I think that she really has to do with. Um, it is very interesting. In the chart of World War II, if you think about World War II, Jackie, the United States tried to stay out of World War II um, as much as possible. Of course, you know, we were um, giving our planes to the, to the British, and we were giving money to the Germans, <laughs> <laughs> as, you know, a corrupt country often does. And one day, Hitler woke up in the morning, and he sends a letter called the Zimmerman Letter over to Mexico. Um, and it says invade the United States, and it was intercepted, okay? <laughs> so Mexico never got the letter. Um, anyways, at the same time that they uh, were upset, you know, um, because we were so um, you know, complacent about everything and we weren't doing anything to get involved um, in this campaign, really, that when the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor, okay, Venus was forming a square to Eris in the, um, the event chart of the bombing, okay? Here is the interesting thing. Venus has to do with relationships. Squares is tension. Eris is the bringing together of the opposites. And it's kind of like Eris saying, oh, you're not going to get involved? Let me throw these little bullet apples at you. Hmm. These little bullets that look like apples, let me throw them at you and see if you get involved. Let's see if you can continue to stay complacent. Um, I don't think that she is concerned about any form of humanistic value system at all. 
Um, I don't think that she is concerned with right or wrong. I think that she is only concerned with bringing together opposites. And if that means you have to go through a lot of pain, if that means you have to go through a lot of struggle, if that means that you have to uh, go through huge, massive wars. And here is the, the other interesting thing about, about Aris. She was also a battle goddess and the best friend of Ares, the god of war. She loved bloodshed. She thrived on it. Um, uh, so all of this conflict and all of this struggle, um, all of this very deep division, Aris gets off on it because at the end of the day, it forms the agreements. It forms the accords. It gives people their rights to be valued and acknowledged. Okay. And that's what she has to deal with in my shortened version of, you know, <laughs> a radio show. <laughs> now, in our charts, because of the fact that it takes her so long, she's at 12 degrees of Aries in both of our charts, okay? Um, and she, interestingly enough, is in um, uh, both of – she's in my seventh house, okay, um, which is relationships. Um, and she's in your sixth house, which has to do with your day-to-day habits and your um, your job, your rituals. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's going to be where she's going to cause havoc. Okay, that's the stage she gets to play on. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's, so, that's... so the moment, Jackie, that you think you've got everything figured out and you've got everything organized and everything structured and everything in their proper order, Aris throws the apple on the table. Interesting. For me. Um, uh, you know, it is, uh, uh, you know, Aris throws her apple in regards to the realm of relationships. Um, uh, and it is, you know, you know, it's where the curse is in the chart, I really think. Um, you know, and I'm not talking about curse in regards to, you know, burning a, it sucks to be you candle. I'm talking about huge, arching, generational curses that you may not even have a part of, Jackie, but may have been the offense to the gods that was created by your great-grandfather. And now you're paying for the price. Huh. You know, if you notice in any of the huge, big, gigantic um, Greek, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, curses, you you know, if if you think of the curse of the house of Atreyu, it isn't Atreyu um, who uh, uh, is the the beginner of this curse. It's actually his great-grandfather who decided he was going to piss off the gods by chopping up his child and serving it to them in a stew. Um, uh, you know, and then it, these curses keep going down from generation to generation, okay? And then you're left dealing with it. Somebody, sooner or later, gets elected to deal with it and purge the curse. And I think that that's what Aris does. I think that she throws the apple at the right time. Um, there needs to be some form of choice or decision that needs to be made. And you have to live in the results of your choice and your decision. That's fascinating. That's a lot of new information. On she's very deep. She's yeah. Deep. She, she's not for the faint of heart um, uh, by any means. And when I see her in active charts, I will tell you this, Jackie. I stay away from her in chart readings. I don't talk about her much at all. I look at her. I observe her. I um, will make little private notations about her. But every time that I have even moved to the place, Jackie, of wiggling Eris a little with a client, it never goes well. <laughs> it, I think it brings up such painful stuff for us 
that it just, you know, we don't even want to deal with it. Um, a lot of times, I think, is because we know that there's a problem there. We don't understand where it came from. And because we don't understand where it came from, when we go and, and, and you try to rattle that, Jackie, it can have very adverse reactions from uh, uh, whoever is uh, you're dealing with. So I stay away from talking about her a lot if I'm seeing her um, activated within a particular chart. But I will listen and make notations in regards to um, if this is a particular heiress issue. And if I think it is a particular heiress issue, Jackie, I don't even talk to them about heiress. I sit and I talk to them about bringing some form of more balance into their life in a very subtle sort of way. Interesting. A lot of it, which is because she's collective and she doesn't care. You know, she doesn't care when she throws her apple of what type of chaos is going to happen in your life. The only thing she seems to care about is your life having some form of balance in it. And if it doesn't have any balance in it and it's unbalanced, and there's all of this gook in the particular background. She is the rotor-rooter, you know. Um, uh, Pluto may bring up all the crap, honey, but she's the rotor-rooter that pulls it out. <laughs> wow. That is, you know, when I was watching the, the movie at the planetarium, yeah. um, uh, which i got to tell you, there's times I just had to close my eyes for a little while because it was one of those giant movies. Mm-hmm. Um, get you a little seasick. Um, but it was like, wow, how do they – just fascinated about how how our technology has come, how, how these things are revealed, and how many times have we been – have we said in our life, this just doesn't make any sense why this is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. You have to think that when she was discovered, Jackie, um, and they went to the uh, – you, you know, where all these astronomers get together and decide all of these things. She caused so much animosity in the astrological community that she rolled her apple straight out onto their particular table. And as a result of it, we have a new definition of what a a planet is. And a planet has to be a body that has cleared its orbit. Pluto did not qualify because he did not clear his orbit. Because he's a part of a whole belt. Because he's part of a whole belt. Okay, now, there is now even more argument, okay? Now, since Uranus got together with Eris, she has spawned up the whole thing again, okay? Um, and basically what they're now stating, is, you know, Pluto may end up being a planet again, and if he is, she will automatically be a planet because she's bigger than he is. <laughs> and it's almost like you will acknowledge me. If you think about it, Jackie, The story starts off with a woman not being acknowledged for her own sense of being a woman. And then it is a woman that, you know, which you can probably even say that Aris could be the dark side of Thetis. You know, the anger and the rage that was percolating inside of her because she's now being forced to be married to this mortal. Um, And Aris may be that particular representation. So she throws out her apple to all of this political correctness, and boom, it causes the Trojan War. In many, many ways, did she, is it possible, if we think theoretically and possibly with a little bit of self-insight, is it possible that we're at such a place on this planet that we have to face, quote-unquote, calamity and discord in a very in-your-face sort of way? You don't get away from it in order for the balance to occur again. Huh, that's some new information. 
So, like yeah. I said, I find this whole thing fascinating, um, and uh, that's that's just it's just amazing this whole process. And and you're right. So really, it it who so who finally picked your name? Or was it a, a group effort? Um, the person that discovered her got the right to pick her name, but they insisted that it follow the current um, uh, structure of gods and goddesses that we have in regards to planetary names. Here is the one thing that they didn't get in which um, she, uh, in which there is a little bit of a flip. All of the other planets are named by Roman gods and goddesses. Aris is the first one that's named after a Greek. Oh, interesting. And her moon is called Dismonia, uh, 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 which is the name of her daughter in mythology. Okay, her name in um, uh, in Roman is Discordia. Huh. You know, Eris sounds sexier. I'm just saying, and more glamorous than Discordia. Right. <laughs> but it is interesting that for the first time, and and we have to think about. I don't think anything like that happens by mistake. Is there now a new shift? that has beginning to occur, is Aris possibly the Joan of Arc and the nasty representation of all of the things that we've done to women for since the planet began? Right. And still happening to this day. And still happening to this day. And we may not even begin to see a change until Aris moves into Taurus, which will be in the 40s. Let's see, will I be around in the 40s? Maybe. You'll, be, you'll have that orange I'll have that giant orange glass. ring, yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, watch out. <laughs> I'm going to be in the, uh, I still have that cough, damn it. I, I'm going to be in the um, in the shopping for new glasses. You never know what's going to happen now. Just not that blue. I don't like that blue that you had. I don't think blue. The shoes, that was for shoes. Yeah, but I don't want to see blue on your face. Bright orange may look good. I'm just saying. I don't. Blue is not my color. It's okay. Yeah. And those are shoes are green, but that's okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just. Uh, it's time for new glasses for Jackie. So. It's are fine. you thinking about an orange hue? You know what? I'm just not sure until I get there. Yeah. Um. What I want is not being made, so it's okay. I just have to go with it. <laughs> I have to find what I can find. <laughs> and I'm. This will be. Let's see. Tomorrow I'll be looking at a few more stores, and that will be store number six and seven. And you found nothing that you like so far. Nothing that I like so far. So what happens in your process if you eventually exhaust all of your resources and you don't find anything that you want, but you need a new pair of glasses? I have new lenses put in this frame. Oh, okay. But see, I'm, I'm not in love with this frame. <laughs> So it's just, but it, you know, it's better that than nothing. No, I, I have, um, I have just really ineffective vision, mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, my lenses, with all the jazz that go in them to make me see as well as I can, um, is they're about my lenses alone are about seven hundred bucks. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. And and I've gone through, you know. The, I tested the online folks. Well, I have multifocals, and you cannot buy your lenses online and have your um, uh, uh, multifocals. 
<laughs> set up the right way they need to. I mean, they measure the whole thing. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's just it's what it is. The, the yeah, I'm very very picky about my spectacles as well. <laughs> <laughs> These are important things, and and um, since I I'm so frustrated with my vision right now. Yeah. I don't wear contacts because I have to have readers on all the time if I wear contacts. So yeah. if I have to have readers on all the time, why not just have glasses on? Yeah. It kind of defeats the purpose of having contacts. I could probably, I do have um, an invisible bifocal. Mm-hmm. But the reason that they gave me the invisible bifocal is because, um, and this is some crazy thing, I may even have to question this with another doctor. Um, but basically, they wanted me to have the bifocal because I will eventually need them, and they wanted me used to them. That's very silly. Yeah, that's very silly. So I think that the next time I'm just going to tell them I just want my distance glasses. Yeah, and you because I don't need them to read a book. No. No. Um, I mean, sometimes when you have, um, sometimes, oh, it gets all technical. Never mind. <laughs> now I do need glasses to read a computer screen. Okay. Um, but it's because of the fact that the way that the computer screen is done, it's based upon our distance, not upon nearsightedness. Or, well, or it's mid-range. It's actually, it yeah. um, computers are mid-range. Yeah. That's that's where the multifocals come from. Yeah. Because if I have, if I correct my my distance vision, my mid-range is in, in my glasses. My I can't see mid-range because I need so much help on the distance. Mm. Uh, it's okay. I'm you know. I just find glasses are a wonderful accessory. Honey, I have gone down to my new line, which is it is what it is, and I just am not bothered by it anymore. <laughs> I'm I'm fine with I'm really fine with with my whole process of aging right now. I mean, I'm sure I'll I'll, I'll get mad at it later, but um, um, I because I find that I'm letting go of so much, and that's the big. Benefit. I think that's the forties, honey. I really think it's. Because, you know, when I hit 40, I was concerned about everything. I will be 47 in August, and I could give a damn. Right. It's just so strange. I mean, and then you sit there and you kick yourself, Jackie, and you say, you were worried about that stupid stuff for that long? Why Why were you even concerned about that? Right, and there's a freedom, a yeah. wonderful, blissful freedom on a lot of that <laughs> stuff. And, um, yes. Just blissful, <laughs> and and so I'm, you know, I'm I'm working on my my stuff with that, and and um, well, and that's what you know I talked about in the last show about the intensity of doing appearances when I'm already having a, a very dynamic life where I'm already working forty plus hours in the week, and then I add more on the weekend. Most uh, authors who do appearances don't have that dynamic stuff during the week as well, and if when they do. They taper down their experience uh, appearances. Yeah. So, um, so that's why, and that's really like, oh, I can no longer um, do this. Yeah. I can't. I can't be this intense all the time. Yeah. Well, honey, I'm glad I did all that stuff in my 20s because I could really give a damn now. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad I had the whole experience of going all over the freaking place in my 20s. And, you know, um, I, no, I'm just quite peaceful um, just, you know, with with my journals <laughs> and my paper and my ink. I'm quite happy with it, you know. You know, um, it, it's funny. I really enjoy my husband. And we when we went to Chicago, it's a five-hour train ride. I think I said that. Mm-hmm. Um we had this companionable silence with each other 
we were drifting off to sleep and everything too, but we didn't we're at this place in our relationship where we just like being around each other. Yeah. And when I'm traveling, I miss out on that. I really So you travel there and back in one day? Yeah. So that gave you what actual time in Chicago? About six hours. Oh, okay. It was fun, though. It was kind of miserable, rainy, but it was just something different. We got out of Dodge. We um, left work at work, and and just it was this, the train ride was this amazing unwinding mm-hmm. when we got there, and um, I saw my sister Becky and her husband John, and we had lunch and went to the planetarium. It was just, like, awesome. I think it's kind of funny because um, whenever I am, like, on Facebook or something, like, I didn't, and I, I've been friends with your sister for eight years, and mm-hmm. I didn't even know she was your sister till last year. Oh, that's funny. That's <laughs> hilarious. Funny, you know. <laughs> I was like, who, you have a, you have a sister named Rebecca also? <laughs> <laughs> that's very funny. Yeah, it, it was very, very hilarious. So, um, are where are the witches um, union stuff available right now. You can find them on the Coventry Creation site. Okay, and, so CoventryCreations.com. And um, you know, and ask for them at your favorite retailer. Um, yeah. Real quick, I do have some bad news. What's that? Keep it magic was hit by the Russian hackers. I oh, just it called was? the Russian hackers. <laughs> um, they um, they were using it. They were bouncing bad emails and stuff out of it. Um, so we were hacked. We took the site down. Um, and, I, and I have to build it from scratch. Oh, okay. So to, people for now go to CoventryCreations.com. Yeah. So I'm, I, I went there after our last show and went, oh, it's not there. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then I had to go, oh, yeah, I took it down. Um, <laughs> but it's been so, between, you know, all the all launching new products and everything, it just was a time-space continuum of, of not being able to yeah. put it back up. And I, I did thought, I thought I put a page up, but I guess I, I guess that, Got busted too, so <laughs> I don't know. So in the short term, go to www.coventrycreations.com, <laughs> um, and if you have a problem in your life, regardless of what that problem is, you can um, uh, get uh, our numerous candle lines there, and of course, pick up the Witches Union products as well, and get a journal. And of course, as you're journaling, if you give any major insight, like Jackie and I know, we'll love to talk about it on the air. And what do they need to do in the meantime, Jackie? Keep it magic. Speak life, everybody. We'll see you next month. Some days life feels perfect. Other days it just ain't working. The good, the bad, the right, the wrong, and everything in between. Yo, it's crazy, amazing. We can turn our hearts. It's like I'm drowning in the deep Well, it's crazy